maintain control of the stick and keep the aircraft steady. But it's only September. He didn't need guesses now. He needed solutions, and fast. HQ Foxfire, this is Looking Glass, over, he yelled into the radio. HQ Foxfire, this is Looking Glass, do you read me, over? We're twenty minutes early on our verbal, sir. They're not going to respond, said Lieutenant Stewart. Or else the radio's dead, too. Anything still work on this plane? The youngest of the three ECMOs, Lieutenant Derek Milius, a pimply-faced twenty-one-year-old from Lubbock, Texas, shyly pulled an iPod out of his shirt pocket. He plugged it into the aircraft's intercom. The twangy strains of Hank Williams, Jr. filled the cockpit. A little inspiration, sir. HQ Foxfire, this is Looking Glass, over. HQ Foxfire, this is Looking Glass, do you read me, over. The voice of Captain Lauder crackled over the speakers in the tactical communications bunker at Osan Air Base, just forty-eight miles south of the DMZ. Uh, do we respond, sir? Wing Commander Charles Stamper chomped down on another stick of Nicorette gum. What he really needed was a cigarette, but the base had recently gone smoke-free, and he had to lead by example. No, we have strict orders to maintain radio silence all along the parallel. A tinny version of Hank Williams Jr.'s Born to Boogie seeped through the speakers, followed by HQ Foxfire. This is Looking Glass. We have a situation up here. Request permission to break off current flight path and return to base. Over. No one in the communications bunker said a word, waiting for the commander to speak. The only sound now his obsessive gum chewing. Hank Williams Jr.'s warble returned. Then, HQ Foxfire. This is Looking Glass. Breaking off current flight path, requesting secondary landing site. Do you copy? Over. Do we respond now, sir? Commander Stamper bit his tongue accidentally. The orders were explicit. No radio contact with planes over the DMZ. But he knew Captain Lauder personally. Probably owed him a few bucks from a poker game or two, and he knew he wouldn't break radio silence unless he had to. He also knew the captain wouldn't want to give out too much information over the radio. They both knew that the North Korean military, known as the Korean People's Army or the KPA, were always listening, looking to turn every situation to their advantage. But still, Captain Lauder was listening to music in the cockpit. Country music. Was that code for something? He racked his brain but came up with nothing. Give them a couple of clicks of the hand mic to let them know we heard. The commander turned to his flight officer. Send up a couple fighters to check it out. Tell them to stay high and out of sight. Make visual contact if they can, but no radio under any circumstance. He'd picked a bad week to give up smoking. Captain Lauder knew from the silence on the radio that he was on his own, at least until he cleared the DMZ. His flight plan called for him to stay on this heading until he reached international waters over the Sea of Japan, but he didn't think his plane had enough in her to get that far. Whatever had attacked the electronics had done a number on the systems. Nothing was responding. It was like being back in an old T2 Buckeye trainer where muscle and moxie were as important as avionics. Strictly stick-and-rudder stuff now. We're going to try and glide this beast in, Captain Lauder informed his crew. We're starting to lose thrust and trim, and the hydraulics are gone. Maintaining altitude and velocity will be impossible. I need workarounds for navigation and pitch control so we don't just find ourselves floating over on the other side of the bamboo curtain. 
His young crew dug into their task, fueled by adrenaline and Hank Williams Jr.'s bluesy ramblings. He knew he was going to get into a rash of trouble about the music when he got back to base, but it seemed to focus his crew, so what the... Captain Lauder saw them first. Two North Korean fighters coming directly out of the rising sun at Mach 2. We got company, and they don't look happy to see us. The two North Korean birds streaked past and started a long loop to maneuver behind the crippled American plane. I'm taking evasive action, Captain Lauder barked. We don't need any more surprises. He tried to maneuver the plane, but it was like walking in wet cement, each step getting harder and harder. He knew they were sitting ducks, but he couldn't worry about that now. He had to work with what he had. Besides, why would they fire on him and risk World War III? "'Their radar just painted us, sir!' screamed Lieutenant Milius. "'What?'